0: Adidas. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio.
1: 630 Chad. Yeah, the Oilers had better get a little urgent. Now, you don't have any time left. You don't have any time. Game six tomorrow night. Eight o'clock puck drop. 630 Chad. You know where we'll be. It's 12.36 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen here on the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now, where some guests receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Lots of discussion on the, the many things that seem to be ailing Edmonton right now. With our next guest, I'm going to start at the end of the last game. Joining us uh, from the NHL Network for Cadium Custom Built Homes, uh, check out the Cadian Show Home, the Juliet in Sherwood Park Golf Estates. More information at uh, cadiancustomhomes.com. It is Brian Lawton on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Brian, you got Brendan here. How's it going today? going fantastic brendan how are you excellent appreciate you joining as always and and as mentioned let's let's start with the brief overtime frame last night brian i didn't really get to this in the uh, opening monologue but i was quite taken back to see the amount of momentum that edmonton had generated as that third period was winding down and how none of it carried over after that intermission and i just would like your take on on I guess what I would deem a pretty flat overtime start, and they didn't even really get to to counterpunch, so to speak.
2: Uh, My take was I was very taken aback by the starting lines for Edmonton, to be honest with you. Uh, They came out, they've got McDavid and Dreisaitl lined up who don't normally play together, and I just think it's the wrong message for overtime to your team. You've got to be patient at times and let the game come to you. They had all the momentum in the world, but it's like they pushed all their chips in and said, we're going to win this in the first minute or we're going to lose it. And guess what? They lost it. So I was taken aback by the the start in terms of the players they started with, particularly when you have last change. And secondly, with the message it sends to the rest of your team, all you other guys take a seat, our two superstars are going to win it. And as you know, You still need everybody. I know Leon and Connor keyed the comeback last night for the Oilers. I watched every minute of that game. But there are some really concerning trends going on right now for the Edmonton Oilers. I'd love to hear. The one thing I love about doing this show, and I love Edmonton for, is the fans are so knowledgeable. So, Brendan, let me ask one question. Tell me what the consensus is there, and then I'll tell you guys exactly what I think some of the problems are for Edmonton.
1: Well, it uh, it seems to me that the, the starts to the game look absolutely uninspired, which is strange for a group that was in such a groove coming down the stretch of the regular season. A lot of people commenting that it, it it's not like a disinterested look, but where has the heart gone in these games? So that's one thing. And then the weak links being the weak links. So you're you're seeing, um, you know, some of the winger depth get exposed, Brian, when when. Players are trying to get the puck out and they, and they can't. And you've got uh, the pairing of Keith and Bouchard playing a lot of minutes and a lot of people are noticing the mistakes that are getting made by that defense pair. So there's just a couple of the narratives that uh, that are coming across seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three.
2: Well, I agree with all of that. And there's no doubt you want to have a great start, but you can't take an in an inordinate amount of risk. And to me, that's what Edmonton is doing. You don't have to win the game. The mindset is just a little bit off. Even though you're playing L.A., and you think if the game goes 5-4, that's great for us. We definitely win. Well, there's just a little bit of immaturity and impatience in their game, and it's showing. Now, at L.A. is not half as good as Edmonton, in my opinion. The 1-3-1 can elevate an average group, to are pretty good. But it's not really the 1-3-1 one, one that's killing Edmonton. I actually think they're doing a good job against that. What's hurting the Oilers is the work ethic that L.A. is playing with and the specific tactics they're using. On their forecheck, when a puck turns over, if you go back and look at the tape last night, you'll find four or five instances, even as low as the top of the circles all the way through the neutral zone, where LA players are catching Edmonton players lifting sticks and transitioning back the other way. It's been problematic. A few goals were scored off of that last night. So that's what I've been impressed with LA is their ability. I call it their you can call it their track game, you can call it their back pressure game. There's many different sayings. You play on different teams, you hear different terminology, but at the end of the day, the back pressure that LA is playing with is significantly better than Edmonton. And what does that mean, back pressure? It means recognition on a turnover of getting back above the puck. The first one, so your F1 back, is hunting the puck like crazy. This is what I see when I watch the game on L.A. I say, my goodness, that is fantastic. The other two players working just as hard to get back above the puck so that Edmonton, who's very good on rush but doesn't have a great cycle game, even if you don't get that turnover, you're back in a good position and you're in place to transition right back down the gut against Edmonton. And that's the whole game for me. Uh, the superstars were the superstars last night for Edmonton, and they didn't win. There are some issues that Jay Woodcroft has to address. Uh, but I'd start with the mindset that we have to be prepared to win one nothing if that's what it takes. And right now, the Oilers do not look like a team that has that mindset to me.
1: So for those, as we chat with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, there's, there's certainly those out there that are suggesting that Jay Woodcroft has been losing the coaching battle in this series. And it sounds to me like the strategy, Brian, you're saying is, is in place in order for them to get through this 1-3-1 one, one and, and the bogged down neutral zone and that sort of stuff. But maybe the execution of the strategy isn't quite up to par?
2: I don't think they're matching LA's work ethic. I don't think strategically they recognize what's happening on turnovers. LA is absolutely recognizing them as quick as they can and get going. Edmonton is not recognizing you're going to get back pressure. LA doesn't really have any cycle game either, just for the record, but they're getting a lot of odd man rushes because of the way they're tracking the puck, because of their tenacity. And because, quite frankly, when Edmonton goes, it's, it's a jailbreak for everybody. And they're getting caught out of a position quite a bit. That's just the mindset from your head coach. But what it does when you play that way is it takes away the middle of the ice. It reduces the amount of risk you're taking. It reduces the amount of opportunity that Edmonton has. It's really no more complicated than that. And the best way to beat that is to show your players what's going on. There's times when you want to absolutely beat the Kings up ice, and there's other times when you can go east-west. Because when when LA is in their one-three-one, I actually think Edmonton's doing a nice job of entering the zone still and breaking that down. You're not going to get those clean breaks because if LA played any deeper, they'd be in the parking lot. So <laughs> you have to recognize that, you know, and you have to be patient. You you have to understand that. You're not going to score or get a great scoring opportunity every shift. That's okay. So the, a few adjustments, that I think Edmonton will be fine. Um, I do think that L.A. is doing a good job of pressuring on the forecheck, though, forcing uh, Mike Smith to come up the wall a little more when he is touching it. And they're really just pressuring their F1 on that forecheck, and both their wingers are taking away the boards. Is it it's not a break-up-the-middle team that often. As far as Smith's puck
1: handling and really the, the lack of, of storylines that have been spurred off that, is there something that L.A. has been doing in order to kind of keep his ability to impact the game out of the folds? It doesn't really seem like we've heard much about it.
2: Uh, just puck management. That's all. Don't, don't give him lots of time with dumps that are easy for him to corral and get set up. Smitty can pass as well as a lot of defensemen in this league, but you're not seeing a lot of touches. He no. hasn't really been a factor in the game that way. Obviously, he had a tough break in, in game one, and that hurt his confidence just a little bit, but not much. It's not bad. It's it's a la- lack of opportunity because the way L.A. is is playing. Right. They're very well prepared for this series, but they're D. You know, if Edmonton fans are not thrilled right now with their D, the Edmonton D is still twice as good as L.A. They're just playing within themselves, very structured, very patient. Uh, Todd's done a good job of convincing him we'll never beat these guys in a track meet. And he's right. They won't unless the team plays really impatient like last night because I do think it was just a little bit of immaturity as to why they lost that game. When you come down from two goals – Uh, down in the last 10 minutes, you have so much momentum on your side. You don't have to expend it in the first minute of overtime, though. And that was a critical mistake, in my opinion. Chatting
1: with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, it's Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. Um, before I move on, because the Oilers' defense looks, Brian, like it's going to get a little bit thinner after this afternoon, um, but yeah. let's put a bow on this Smith conversation because I think that the goaltending battle, is it's been a lot better than expected. There's certainly some texts coming in saying that there was a couple goals that Smith could have or should have had, and I think that opinion's always going to be out there. But realistically, he's been doing Jonathan Quick just fine. I've been really impressed with Jonathan Quick and, and his ability to sort of resurrect the similar style of play and, and airtightness that he had when they were going on those cup runs a decade ago.
2: He has had, you know, his numbers weren't great last night, but he found a way to get the win. He made the saves when he needed to. Uh he instills a lot of confidence in their group because of his past history. And I'm, frankly, a little shocked he's been able to summon another level. Uh, and maybe he's relying heavily on his experience. It's like uh, a baseball movie with For the Love of the Game. He's like Billy Chapel, Just one more run. Can he conjure up one more <laughs> big, big effort? Well, right now, Jonathan Quick is doing it. And uh, it's certainly surprising. It also speaks to how competitive and how great an athlete he's been. But he's clearly on the back nine in terms of where he's at as a goaltender. And uh, their team is rallying behind him. It's, it's been impressive to watch. Mike Smith, on the other hand, yes, there are a couple goals last night. you know and the Kempe goal in particular were ones that Smitty probably wishes he could have back.
1: Darnell Nurse, typically a stalwart in front of Mike Smith, I don't know that he's fully healed from the lower body injury that cost him the final few games of the regular season. He's just, uh, there's something missing from that game. He doesn't look as, as mean perhaps, but then the meanness gets channeled in an ineffective way and suddenly, Brian, it looks like he's staring down a one game suspension. I don't know that we've had an official ruling yet, but Nurse is having a conversation with the league for that headbutt on Philip Deneau. Uh, maybe just your take on the incident and, and what you think an inappropriate punishment would be for that?
2: I think the most likely outcome will be one game. I do think it's an appropriate suspension, in my opinion, because it's a dangerous, uh, needless play. And that really is the goal of the Department of Player Safety, to try to eliminate those plays so that it doesn't happen to anyone. In this case, it's an L.A. Kings player, know with Darnell Nurse throwing a headbutt. But you don't want that to happen to Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, even if I were on Edmonton, I would probably say that would be a good outcome for us if we only get out of this with one game. It's also an acceptable outcome, in my opinion, because, you know, it's a lack of discipline. I don't think Darnell meant to do it, but in the heat of the moment, you're not allowed to whack somebody over the head with your stick. You're not allowed to headbutt them when you're in a scrum or in a one-on-one matchup in front of the net like he was. And uh, those are just the rules. Uh, Everybody's playing for keeps now, but you got to stay, you know, in the moment. You can't let your emotions overtake you. Look no further than maybe Tony D'Angelo in game four in in Boston, where, you know, the Boston Bruins were under his skin and uh, a lot of, you know, foolish plays came out. Well, it wasn't the case with Darnell, but for this one play, it shouldn't have happened. There was no reason for that to happen. There's no advantage that you're creating for your team, and it's probably going to cost them a guy that you know, gives them 25 good minutes still every night. They may not be to the level where it was before he was hurt, but he's still a really, really valuable player for Edmonton. And it'll be a big loss, but you've got to be able to sustain that. The LA Kings have no Drew Doughty. They have no Victor Ardvidsson, no Sean Walker, And they're doing just fine nobody feels bad for you at this time of the year.
1: <laughs> it's, it's quite the situation. 26 minutes for Darnell Nurse last night. And, and like you said, maybe not the the quality of minutes that we've come to expect, but that's a large hole to fill. And you're looking basically at Duncan Keith now, I would think. And it should be Chris Russell coming back into the lineup to fill that void once this comes down officially. And and now you're, you're shuffling the deck chairs, as Jay Woodcroft said, but you're also elevating guys up into more prominent minutes and and that's going to be a big big lift in a pretty important game in terms of like hey Duncan Keith's not a bad guy to have in that position experience wise Brian but um, there's a lot of people that are sort of highlighting I guess some of his shortcomings in this series in terms of the, the puck play and that sort of thing you believe this is still a guy that can help uh, you know win and, and sort of at least push this to a game 7 given the the newfound circumstances on Edmonton's back end?
2: absolutely can, but they've got to change that mindset. The separation or the distance between D, you know, just look at some of their clearing attempts last night. They're they're even getting them outside the blue line. That's how high the wingers are. That's how high the forwards are. That can't be. You're not going to make up the loss of a Darnell nurse or right the way the team is playing by everybody flying the zone, by thinking you're going to play really north-south. You can play north-south from 15, 20 feet away. You don't have to get that much of a jump on it. And I think if Jay Woodcroft could get that through to the club and get them to play that way, they're going to have a lot more success because there were just too easy of turnovers that led to direct scoring chances. Dustin Browns comes to mind, obviously. Zach Hyman has no chance on that play. hes he's, I'm sorry, but he's just too high there. There's no reason to have that much distance, time, and space between the D and him when L.A. is playing that far back to start with.
1: Ryan, always appreciate a chance to chat with you. Thanks for the insight. We'll connect next week, okay? My pleasure. Thanks, President. All right. Brian Lawton there from the NHL Network. Hopefully, we've still got some Oilers hockey next week to talk about. If we do, well, I can't even say it'd be the Battle of Alberta. The Flames are, are trudging through their own series over there. But you got got uh, plenty of business to take care of if you're Edmonton down in Los Angeles.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock puck drop on 630 Chad, Brendan Escott here, Cody Jansen back in a moment. Bob is uh, on route to Los Angeles for Game 6. You just heard from Brian Lawton from the NHL Network for friends at uh, KDN Custom Built Homes. There we go. Uh, Not much of an injury report for you today. The Oilers Now injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Oilers still working with uh, essentially a clean bill of health though you're going to look at uh, Darnell Nurse out of the lineup tomorrow. Not official yet Cody, if that tweet comes across or you get the push notification let me know and we'll break in with that. But probably a game on on route for Darnell Nurse here. Uh, as far as Los Angeles goes, you know they've been playing without Drew Doughty. That will continue and Victor Arvidson's been day to day with a personal matter. That's a pretty big offensive presence out of their lineup and they're still managing to get it done. So you you, you kind of got to ride I smile on your face when I say a big offensive
0: presence from Victor Arvidsson. Well, no, he's a great piece. And I think it was Reed and Cam talking about it on overtime open line last night where the big concern is that L.A. is missing their best defenseman. And I mean, is it is Arvidsson their second best offensive forward? Like second and I heard Zach Hyman. Yeah, that that Basically. was what they threw on the show. Yeah. Zach Hyman and Nugent Hopkins kind of comparison. I don't know. That's a big concern, though.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's an awfully big concern. You- Got a feast now. You cannot possibly find any more inspiration than being within one loss of your season ending.
0: Okay, I got two more injury notes, though, for you. Tristan Jari, now listed as day-to-day, so don't count him out in the first-round series. And, uh, count him out, but but let's have some fun with it. And Florida is going to be without Mason, or he's a game-time decision, pardon me, for uh, game five, Mason Marchman, Mason. game-time decision. Um, it, it was brought up on the text line, too, and I want to get your opinion. Or just, you know, give me your break down mike smith or jonathan quick who's been better in this series if you had to choose one that's a good question and to be honest with you i think (laughs) i think jonathan
1: quick has had to be better I think they've made you know, equally good saves along the way. But I think that the Oilers, in terms of how they've tested Jonathan Quick and what Jonathan Quick's presence and backbone and, and the saves that he has made has meant to their their success so far, I, I've got to tip my cap to him. I really think and it's not that Smith has been that bad. It's that Quick has been that darn good, and I didn't expect it. Quality over quantity. I guess so. If this is his last kick at the can, it's it's been quite the kick. Uh, hey, that's my thoughts. We'll get more from David Staples, Cam Moon coming up, and so is uh, John Shannon, our NHL insider, after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.
0: Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.